Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Title is Come and Follow. Come and Follow. Matthew chapter 16. And as you're turning there, pray with me and for me. Heavenly Father God, we thank you, God, that you have given us your spirit. We thank you, God, that only by your grace that we are here. God, we're not even here without your permission, God. You give us permission to breathe. And God, with that depravity in mind, we humble ourselves in recognizing that all that we have is yours. Everything that ever was, is, or ever will be is in your hands. You are still, God, you are still on the throne. And we recognize that need, God. So in that, I pray as pastor that you would anoint my lips to speak, teach, and preach. Only that you would have me speak, teach, and preach. God, that you would anoint my words, God, that it would be life given to the soul, Lord. And God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you would anoint our ears to hear what you are saying to the church, God, that we can not only hear and learn, but live and do. I thank you for that, God. We honor you this morning. We ask you to take total control. We worship you and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John turn to Matthew, the first gospel. Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to say it this way. This message this morning is a message of personal revelation. If y'all have been saved for an adequate amount of time that involved an adequate amount of devotion and time in His Word, personal time in the morning in your prayer closet, reading His Word, praying, At some point, God has given you personal revelation. Amen? Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and everybody say this together, and follow me. Uh, I say this in reference to saying it alternatively. It does not say, nor did he say, that if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, Take up his cross, period. When Jesus called his disciples previously unto this verse, because note at this point he has his disciples. He's now teaching the multitudes. He's ministering to the people. Disciples have already been chosen, but without going through every example in all of the Gospels, Jesus comes up to Simon Peter and says, Come and follow me. Y'all follow that? He actually had to beckon a a proposition. Brother Wayne, come and follow me, right? Brother Will, come and follow me. And in like manner, when you found Jesus at an altar, mine was right here in this very moment. I decided to follow Jesus. Some of y'all hear the song? Uh Uh-huh. Come, everybody say this word, and follow it's a dual proposition I, praise god you're here brother praise god you're here sister oh we have come now it's time to follow jesus everybody wants to come because they heard that jesus knows how to multiply the fried fish everybody heard that jesus can multiply the loaves panera bread fans but to follow him Take up your cross, and what I would say is a divine 
needed revelation in the modern church today. Deny himself and follow me. Verse 25, continuing, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world? What does it benefit you if you have all the money in the world, church? If that you can write a check and every problem comes your way. When your son goes to jail, write a check, he's out. If it profits you absolutely nothing, why does it even matter that we chase after the things of the world? Why are we so enamored Monday through Friday with try to attain to a better societal standard? When the Apostle Paul tells us that we have obtained to a better resurrection. Spiritually minded as opposed to be carnally minded. Jesus. That's not my notes. Praise God. The Lord had to speak something. Amen. Verse 26. For what is a man profited? That if he should gain the whole world, lose his own soul, what does a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in his glory, in the glory of his Father with his angels. Then he shall reward. If you don't have your Bibles, I want you all to see this on the screen. Every man according to his. Yep. Now, pausing and reflecting on this, it sounds very much as a contradictory theological statement in terms of our salvation by faith. Salvation, excuse me, by grace through faith. We're saved by his favor, and we are empowered by that same grace. But every person will have to give an account for what they either did or didn't do, lack thereof. And there will be a reward for that. I'm going to go back to the title that says, Come and Follow Me. Many, many attendees, many church members, but there are not many followers. Brother Will had brought this up whenever I mentioned about the, uh, the sermon coming. We had talked about it, and it's something that I didn't think about, nor did I research to put in my notes. If I did, I would have. A lot of us have said that to be Christian means to be Christ-like. And rightfully so. We should imitate Christ as a Christian. But the specific definition Brother Will had pointed out, it actually means to be a Christ follower. So in true alignment to the Word of God this morning is that He's not looking for you to just come unto Him. That's good. That's the first step. But unfortunately, a lot of people fill the pews in church on Sunday morning. They'll even come to the altars. But when they leave the church building, they are no longer in route to following where Jesus is leading. You hear the Holy Spirit, GPS in your head, rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. You're going rerouting. Turn it up, rerouting. little modern analogy there. Make a U-turn. That's... That's exactly, that's repentance, amen? Hallelujah. You don't have to turn there, but Psalm 63, 8, Jaden has it ready for us, about to pop on the screen. My soul followeth, if I say the word followeth, Followeth. hard after thee. 
Thy right hand upholdeth me. Now, for me, I love the adjectives and the adverbs. Adjectives describing the type of noun, person, place, or thing, or the adverb to describe the type of action. Now, in this case, it's an adverb, hard. That would denote a specific enthusiasm that's not what we consider moderate. But I want to follow hard after God. That if he said in the slightest little bitty thing, he said if he just tells you, God, pick up that bottle of oil. Whoa! That was nothing. Now, if he tells me to, to do a job or something, that's something big. But following hard to me would have denoted the smallest detail that says, God, I don't care how small it is. God, if you want the slightest thing done, I'm reminded of my wife. She says, you know what, baby? I, God told me to wear this dress today. Okay. Sure. Who am I to tell thee not to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? But the smallest detail, that's an inspiration to me as a pastor. If we can get the idea that say, oh, God, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Should I go this route? Should I be a missionary to Africa? Brother, good, just go be a missionary to Africa. That's a big thing. Sell your house, go to Africa, become missionaries. But to wear a dress. The smallest detail. I love it. Amen. Now. Now we're diving into some personal revelation, Pastor. Mm. Praise God. Before I go there, I want us to one more time highlight the meaning of the message this morning is to be so enamored with Jesus to not willingly attend church or be at an event but to be a participant. God's not calling you to be a fan. He says, put your helmet on and your shoulder pads and get on the field. Because this ain't a game. Fans don't make it to heaven. The saints do. That was just there. just came to me. Isn't that good? Amen. Now, Alternatively, there's only one other option, ladies and gentlemen. I hate to tell you, but the menu is very simple. In life, you stand before a metaphorical menu at the counter. The waitress stands there with a pen and pad, and your choice is either his way or your way. Some of y'all are starting to wonder what I'm saying here. I can choose this day whom I will serve. And that's going to be whether the gods of the Canaanites for Joshua and his people or the gods of this modern age or my own life and what I want. Because what I would want would be drastically different, fleshly speaking. And y'all know that to be true, amen? Y'all take your, your religious uh, uh, facade off. We all have fleshly desires that if allowed that old man to arise and come up, I would rather be in this house with this car and this finance or this situation where my children don't talk back to me all the time. Sorry, Marissa, I just used that as an example. <laughs> Everyone has a list of criteria of what they want. Can I get an Amen. Who doesn't? That's the whole point when Jesus said, not only take the cross, but I actually want you to deny whatever you want. 
Y'all follow? Hmm. So we have a choice. His way or the highway. And you know what highway that leads to? Yes. Now, personal revelation. Saying all that to say this. The number, 666. Not a good number, Mama Sue. Right? I'll go ahead and spoil alert. Not a good number. I'm going to pose a question that would denounce a specific answer. Just like our Wednesday nights, I'm asking a question. What is it, and what does it mean? Not everybody at once. Marker of the beast? You said what? The number of man. Mm. That's it. That's it. Those are both good answers. The number of his, the Antichrist, name. So it is the number of man, the mark of the beast, that is true. And I think for the, that is all to support where we're going. And I love what you said, the number of man, because you, you, you understand where the word's going, his way or my way. Uh-huh. So you, you really, really open that door. But in Scripture, it is the number of the Antichrist's name. This is where it gets interesting. Because the number is six, the number of man, it is the unholy trinity of yourself which is anti-christ to say my way is in direct opposition to jesus saying no my way come my way follow me the unholy trinity is six 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 three times saying god my way what i want what i think what i feel Huh. Mm. Yeah, amen. I got chills. Much more in my notes than just traditional occultic symbolisms. It is choosing your way over following God's way. It is what many call today humanism or even universalism. That man has power, that we are the center of the universe. And it goes all the way back to Bible days, right? We're learning that Jacob's teaching us on Wednesday nights. Very powerful Wednesday night lessons, but that is essentially what it is. Now listen. It is choosing your way over God, humanism, what empowers you. Now my personal observation, we did Revelation, now let's go to observation. The book of John, turn with me. I want you all to highlight this because I want you all to remember exactly what antichrist is. Can I just say it? It's pro-you. Can I get an amen? It is pro-you. That is equivalent to antichrist. So the book of John, go to the sixth chapter. Can anybody guess what verse I'm going to? Mm-hmm. John 6, 66. Guess what that says? Some of y'all get a little chills when y'all see what it says. Brother Jacob did. John 6, 66. It says, from that time, many of, check this out. There were his disciples, his followers. It says, went back and walked with him no more. 
going back to that menu board, the waitress has got her pen. She's ready for your answer. When you stand before God, it's either going to be, God, I plead the blood. I, I live for you. I, I, I was repentant of my sins. I came I, and I followed you hard after thee, O oh God. Or you're going to stand there and be like, I did things my way. To operate in the spirit of Antichrist, you don't have to be a Satanist. You just have to do what you want to do. Mm. Amen? It says many, church, not a few. Many of his followers. Now, I don't mean to step on some toes on bad theology, nor would I ever call out personal names. But it clearly tells us, those listening by way of live, these were Christians. It says his disciples. It says these disciples went back and walked with him no more. It's a shame. It is an unfortunate reality. God, I wish otherwise. But the scripture is abundantly clear. We have a choice. Choose ye this day. Whosoever believe. If any man shall come, will come after me, let him drink freely of the living water. It is a universal option for all mankind, not a select few. All the scriptures point to any man, whosoever, having that option. Amen? Let me go forward. So that Reference John 6 66 clearly tells us that people chose their life over his. And it would be interesting to note for homework if you'd like the sixth chapter, read reverse, find out all the teachings that he was telling the people. It had everything to do with it's not your way. You have to, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It had everything to do with you've got to cancel your agenda. And take my life. Uh, Jesus saying, I am it. And when the line in the sand is drawn, many church people, when the truth is proclaimed, as opposed to God is there to just make you feel good, bad theology, when people are confronted with the truth of the word of God, theologically speaking, many fall back. Many. That's why truth, there's a famine in the land of the church today because truth is not preached. Why? Because it's not popular to say you don't matter. It's all about him. It's not about you. You deserve the glory and the honor. So we lift our hands and worship. It's all about him. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 16. Now, these are the verses, 21 through 24, a a passage just previous to what we had read in the opening where Jesus says to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And that even if you become the richest person in all of the world and that everything in your life has all the riches and the desires that your flesh can muster and fulfill, the bank account has endless numbers. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. But if you die and go to hell, church, Nothing matters. Now, rewinding, before Jesus made the proposition to come after him, one, step two, deny your will, and step three, finally, in emphasizing the title, follow. 
me. He had 12 that chose to come. He had 11 that chose to follow. Some of y'all will get that. Matthew 16, 21, it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go up to Jerusalem, suffer many things, and the elders and chief priests and scribes, check this out, and be killed. Now this came up in one of the Wednesday nights, I do recall, a lot of the times that these disciples were trying to understand the teachings of Jesus where it was having to be spoken in fishermen's terms because most of them were fishermen in terms of uh, paralleling and understanding theological realities using natural means. But this is where Jesus, as at one point and others, have got very blunt. Okay, guys, here's the deal. I'm going to go, I'm going to be tried, and I'm going to get killed. Y'all follow? It says that, right? It's not just me. And be raised again on the third day. We're still in verse 21. You got that? I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I will suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. The church is going to kill me. And how true is that today? Because all you hear more than any is it's all good. You said the magic words. Didn't you say the salvation? Didn't you repeat it? You repeated the prayer after the pastor, right? You're good. You, you can't lose it. Even though Matthew, uh, John 6, 66 says these disciples no more followed him, rejected him. What does the scripture say? If you reject me, I will reject you in the Old Testament. New Testament, he says, if you deny me. Mm. You better make sure your theology is correct before you stand before God. I got chills, but let's be honest. If you're going to take your pastor's word that you grew up with, and you're going to bank all your eggs in that one basket, and stand before God and find out that magical sinner's prayer didn't do nothing for you because you never repented of your sins and you never followed after him. Bravo, we came to him and amen. That's not to be little or be contradicting or, or con contrary or condescending. condescending is the word I was looking for, condescending, but to follow. Follow Jesus, amen? That's, that's, that's the message. Verse 22. Then Peter took and... <laughs> It's just shifting gears a little bit, guys. So to re quick recap, Jesus says, here's the deal, guys. The leaders of the church are going to try me in Jerusalem, and they will kill me. Peter, not one to have a filter. Peter, one to say what's on the mind without thinking first. Oh, began to rebuke Jesus. Oh, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Now, here's the very controversial uh, part in the scripture. If you've ever read this, some of us might have at least scratched their heads once, maybe twice. But he turned and said unto Peter, Jesus said, get thee behind me, not Peter. What did he say? If I say together, one, two, three, Satan. Satan. He called them Satan. Thou art an offense to me. And this is why he called him Satan, the Antichrist is pro-human. The Antichrist in my life is pro-Daniel. The pro-Miranda is Antichrist. The pro-Jacob is Antichrist. So when Peter says, not your will, that's not going to happen, Jesus had every right to say, Satan, no. I feel the Holy Ghost on that right now. I'm telling you, it's not Satanism, pentagrams, or candles, or human sacrifices. It's saying, God, I want it my way. 
Jesus had every right to tell Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, because you are an offense to me. For you, why? And here's, here's the revealing word. We didn't finish the verse. Maybe I got ahead of myself. For Peter, you savorest not the things that be of my will, of God, but you savorest the things that be of men. You're operating what makes sense to you. You would think that God of all supremacy that he said, told his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You can't get through because I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. All of that supreme revelation of God becoming flesh, John chapter 1, and walking among us, only logic will tell you, Heather, there's no way you'll let them kill you. You're God. How be it far from thee. And check this out. What I find very personally convicting to me, Brother Chris, is what he said was not, oh, I want to go back and be a fisherman because I can actually make more money doing that. No, which would still be Antichrist, obviously. But all he did, even with the purest of intentions, the flesh will lead you to a spirit of Antichrist. I'm going to start a church. Me and so-and-so, we're going to, Build it over here, and we're going we're gonna to get some souls Say, Build the kingdom. Did God call you there? The harshest reality is the answer being no, then you're operating a church under the spirit of Antichrist. Hmm. Now, Peter operated in what made sense. To man. In fact, he said not only you're, said that the word chosen in the King James is savorist. You marinate in it. This is your bread and butter, the things of man. Not just that one incident. You're constantly value and prefer the things that be of men over the things that be of God. Isn't that crazy? Joshua chapter 3, verse 3. You can turn there if you want to. I'm only reading this one verse. Having the recognition now that the spirit of Antichrist is simply an operation of your will over God's, we're going back to the need where Jesus tells the people, come and follow me. All the way back in Joshua, it was paralleled to the Ark of the Covenant. How many of you have ever heard of the Ark of the Covenant? Okay, so then some of us have not. Old Testament, that it goes all the way back. Here's what I thought was interesting. In fact, believe it or not, this was the verse that catapulted the message. Back Monday morning in my devotions, last Monday, six days ago, boom, it was right there, Joshua 3, 3 in my devotions. It says this, and they commanded the people, saying, and this is the Israelites, they're coming out of the wilderness they well since been delivered out of captivity from Egyptian bondage it says when you see the ark of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites carrying your cross deny yourself what's the next part then ye shall remove from what's the word your everybody say it together your place mm-hmm. Remove from your desires, from your house, from your job, from what you want, and go 
after it. Mm. When you see that the presence of God is lifted and going forward, don't miss the bus. Don't stay in where you feel comfortable. Oh, but I love these old songs. Or, oh, I love this. This is how we did it in the old days. Or, this is how we've always done it. That's just an example, church. Don't get all crazy. <laughs> Anything that involves God saying we're going forward, don't get left behind. So when I saw that in the Old Testament and I saw that it's, it showed that the presence of God came up. And the people of God started following. They were moving out from their second trial, firstly Egyptian bondage, then second 40 years of trial by fire, working the flesh out of them. Most of them died. And they made it over the River Jordan. This is them going into their promise timeline. Y'all follow? And go after the presence of God. But you cannot go after the things of God until you first remove yourself from your place. The ark. The priest bore it. So whenever it said came after it, immediately the Lord said, come and follow me in my spirit. I heard it ring loud. I was like, ooh, come and follow. Ooh, that's, oh, the priest carrying the, ark, the presence of God. So I started these dots in my head. Mama Sue was like, do, 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 do. Ooh. So I started looking. The ark is the cross. See where I'm going. Some of y'all are like, oh, some of y'all are like, hmm. The people followed the ark. The people followed the cross to Golgotha. It was born. Four priests, four people in that whole story carried a cross carried on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross I'm going to tag this too if the cross becomes Sunday school theology you need to get saved again because it's at the cross by his blood through who he is and what he did the contents of the Ark of the Covenant you know it's a box right if anybody figured it out it's actually a hollow box actually made of wood that was coated in gold. Oh, wooden box. Here we go. Cross was wood. The contents of the ark was firstly broken law stone tablets. Some of y'all remember when Charlton Heston got mad and he got angry and he threw those stab. Oh, Moses, that's right. Right? Yeah, y'all called that. Some of y'all just kept going like, what is he? When Moses got angry at the people, as he's coming down, he, he could literally look at him, yeah, you broke that one, you broke that one, you broke that one. He got angry. Righteous indignation, he threw it. As they were breaking the law, he broke it for them. Now, history records that they kept it, and those broken tablets were stored in that Indiana Jones box, the Ark of the Covenant. Second, Aaron's rod that budded. These are all different accounts in the Old Testament. You can read it. But basically what happened was when it was, came to the validation of the priesthood, there were jealous, envious people that wanted to be a part. There were rods, they were given rods that were cut pieces of wood from a tree, and they had a staff. But only one rod budded. In other words, this stick grew leaves, and it produced fruit apart from the tree. Almonds. 
So to prove God through this miraculous move proved Aaron's lineage to be the, the, the uh, chosen priesthood by allowing a stick to produce almonds without the tree, without the roots. You know why? Because he was abiding in the vine. Mm. I got that. Praise the Lord. I'll take it. Amen. And thirdly, the manna from the wilderness. The provision that God had given the people in the wilderness was in the Ark of the Covenant. So, to recount, broken law, Aaron's budded rod, and the manna from the wilderness, all three were held and contained in the Ark of the Covenant that the presence of Almighty God resided on. Now, at the cross, Jesus is our propitiation, the broken law. He is our priest, the budded rod, and our provider, the manna. The three. Everything's in threes, brother. The Ark of the Covenant was the prophetic box containing God's presence, but as a covenant to point to a new covenant. Jesus being our propitiation, our priest, and our provider. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. I have this more of a side note. I'm coming to a close. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to make this quick. You have that one, buddy? Hebrews 12, 24, it says, And Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, going into that covenant word, and the sprinkling, the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Now, when I, when, when I was reading into this part, I got it from, as a side note, because I was talking about the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant. And doing a quick word search, that verse popped out or the result page when I was looking at it. And I thought, oh, that is so cool. Jesus is not only the second Adam, but he is also the second Abel. It literally says that the sprinkling of blood in the new covenant by Jesus speaketh, it says, what word? Better? Did it say that? Better than that of Abel. Like Cain unto Abel, the religious leaders were jealous of Jesus, for envy it says that they crucified him. The God the Father rejected the religious people's sacrifice. He says, I hate your fasting, I hate your worship, but received his only son, Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Like Jesus being the second Adam, I find it so powerful to recognize him also being the second Abel. Mark 15, 10, it says this, For he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. Envy will lead you to very, very, very bad things. It will cause you to do some of the most wicked and vile things. Lord, forgive us of our envy. And now coming to a close to say this, I want us to reflect this morning that God's not just calling us to come unto Him. Yes, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and He will give us rest, but He's calling us to deny ourselves and follow Him. The ark was carried. The presence was followed. It's a promise. The cross was carried. 
and Jesus is followed into salvation. Let us stand. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.